Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered. your host and today you're going to get to know Ben Woodman from the Youth Alpha video series even better. I'm excited for that to happen. Ben worked in church youth ministry for over 10 years before he joined the Alpha Canada team to create and co-host the Alpha Youth Series. Ben has a call on his life to reach as many people as possible. He is filled with passion and is gifted with creativity. Enjoy this episode. Lift off and the clock has started. I don't know what you were doing before the pandemic hit, but my guess is your life has been disrupted. Today I'm with Ben Woodman and we're going to talk about disruption as a result of the pandemic. I mean, it can be a multitude of things, but in this time in history, it's the pandemic. Welcome, Ben. Thanks so much, Ron. It's good to be here. When I consider the impact you've had on my kids and the parishes that I've ministered in, through Youth Alpha, it's been staggering. How many people do you think may have been impacted so far with that series that you and Jason did? Well, if I include the, when we started making the series uh, back in 2013, because we did another newer version, we're like, I think we can do, like redo this. And in 2017, we re-released the Alpha Youth series. Uh, and, and, you know, it's nicer to include because then you can get a larger impact over time, right? Yeah. But I think over time, it's been uh, around 2 million or more than 2 million youth around the world. And that's definitely not just in Canada. That's all over the world. <laughs> that's amazing. How many languages did that get translated into? Any idea? I, I lose track of the languages because yeah. uh, it's in sometimes they're all in different stages. But I think it's like, uh, you know, more than 44 countries. Uh, wow and 19 languages. And uh, I mean, even when I say 44, I'm like, well, that seems low actually, because in Latin America, there's probably 20 countries alone, you know, and in Europe yeah. as well, there's probably 15 or 20 countries that are, have churches there who in their youth ministries, they're using alpha to try to reach youth and spark those life-changing conversations about Jesus. That's so cool. That is so awesome. And I know for us, like talk about disruption for alpha, like, boy, did they ever have to pivot when everything got shut down. Oh yeah, it was, it was a massive change. And I think, thankfully, uh, like m- most people and most churches are thinking, oh, what do we do? And thankfully they said, well, let's do something. And it's kind of funny when you look back, you like, we never tried to make a plan for Alpha Online. Uh, but now it seems like a no-brainer. It seems like, of course, that, that seems like you should at least have a plan for that. So we go into... We, we start figuring out and we basically approach different churches that we trusted and have friendship with. And we said, Hey, you, we need you to teach us like, cause they were trying to figure it out online. We're like, right. well, teach us, like, tell us everything you're learning. Cause we're going to tell everyone else. So in those early days, it was like, you know, we hear from a church like, Oh, you should always do this or you should never do that. And we just tell everyone you should always do this and you should never do that. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then you, you, over a month you go, Oh, maybe not always. And maybe not, Never, uh, maybe sometimes some churches is working for them to do this. And, but basically the, the whole inter- organization internationally made big shifts. And uh, I love what Nikki Gumbel said. Nikki was like, uh, you know, the pioneer of Alpha. He says the, 
we never expected. I, he's like, I never thought Alpha Online would work. And now he's sitting there going, I think it works better. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what are you saying? Now, obviously, there's an in-person element that's not better of all relationships yeah. and stuff like that. But what he was realizing was the barriers to entry were, yeah. were much less. So people with kids that they're like, I can't, you know, I don't want to find childcare. I need to put my kids to bed. Uh, the, even traveling across, to, across town to a building, uh, there's just limitations for people's work schedules and stuff like that. But to be able to just click in, you know, and go in within five minutes, go, or, you know, one second, click in from doing one thing at home to doing another thing at home, it worked. And then the beautiful thing is that we see the Holy Spirit isn't limited to building. He loves touching hearts and changing minds in people's homes. It's beautiful. Well, that was the biggest concern people had. I remember running a boot camp uh, with Divine Renovation and 500 people showed up from around the world. And their number one concern was, what about the weekend that focuses on the Holy Spirit? What about that prayer ministry time? Is it going to work online? Right. And, and that's what we found. That was our big question too. And it only took a few stories to re, for me to realize there's something really beautiful about someone having a sense of the presence and peace and power of God in their own home. For some of them in their bedroom, right? If they have roommates or they're, you know, in their, it's, they just experienced Jesus, not at a retreat center, not right. at a, a church building, but actually in their own house. And so then they have to wrestle with, there wasn't it like it's not there's no hyper or you know you didn't set the scene right the candles weren't lit and the music soft music wasn't playing they're <laughs> like us catholics we didn't put the incense on and <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> right it's just like like i was just in my bedroom like you know like and then the lord just showed up you know with his spirit and just touched my heart well that breaks some paradigms for people doesn't it oh yeah absolutely and and it it actually opens up then this opportunity of like oh if god and likes to do that. What else does he want to do? You know, through yes. all the different ways he can reach people and connect with people. And uh, a good reminder, not to limit our imagination of what God can do. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I know for myself, I have just so many close friends who I just care about so much. And I've been completely, utterly useless in getting them to an alpha course over, you know, the last 15, 20 years. And, mm -hmm. and so by doing it online, it's given me new hope. Now I'm still been borderline useless, but it's not because I'm not asking, but it gives me another tool, another vehicle to make it even easier to drop more barriers in my invitations and ask. I think yeah. I'm just really terrible at asking, but it never, never prevents me from continuing. Yeah. I like that. I, I just, you're not alone, Ron. I resonate with that. <laughs> and I think for you and I, who are people who help train other people to do alpha, there's an added pressure of like, well, I got to get my friends and family to do this. And so I think maybe the, a little bit of that pressure maybe changes up the ask a little bit and they can smell something fishy. They're, they're saying, <laughs> my friends and family, they're just like, I don't know. This guy's always asking, this is his job. It's just, he's trying to get me to, they're worried it's like a multi-level marketing thing. They're like, yeah. they're like hey, they're like, Ben, I'm your friend. Your cousin. I think you're living now. Come on. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I know for, for one time, uh, my dad was going to come to the closing and I was so excited. And so I tweeted, hey, guess who's coming to the closing tonight? I'm so excited. And it got more likes and retweets than anything I've tweeted in the last two years. And then my poor dad's computer went down. He never showed up. I was just, <laughs> just devastated. Right. He felt like a Twitter fraud. <laughs> so to all you followers, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, you're you were sad. <laughs> and 
<laughs> you felt like a fraud. <laughs> exactly. Too much fun. Well, you know, one of the things you said, and I think it's really cool, in 2013, you launched the first series. Mm-hmm. And then looking at it, thinking, hey, we can do even better. And you go back to the drawing board. What a great leadership principle that is. One, to take the risk to do something so audacious. And then, because it was amazing. And then to self-evaluate with Mm -hmm. your team, I'm sure, and say, we can do even better. Go back at it again. What a story of evolution. Like, Mm. where did that come from? That, like the initial impulse and then the impulse to, to, to make it even better. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, yeah, it was a huge kind of experiment and risk. And the first time we did it and it was, it was, we were betting on, Hey, this, we we're confident this will, uh, you know, this will help youth workers and help Christian teenagers, uh, you know, teenagers who have uh, faith in Jesus to share and spark conversations with their friends. We're like, we're pretty confident that we can, this will be good, but it was a big risk. And, and it was, uh, and then what happened was right away, we were like, yep, it, it paid off. And, and we're like, then right away, even before it was, you know, started to, to spread and people were using it, you start to realize right away what you wanted to do different and what you would want to improve and stuff like that. And I, I would say usually we don't get chances to redo things, but because Alpha's mission is so focused on, we want to, in, in Canada, it's like we want to help uh, people uh, discover and develop a relationship with Jesus. And in Canada, we have the line like through Alpha, like it's a pretty focused mission. Like, hey, right. Alpha is the tool. We're going to help equip churches in their mission to help people, right? So it's, we're not going right to the end user, so to speak. We're going to the churches. We want to equip churches in their mission to help people discover and develop a relationship with Jesus through Alpha. And because of that mission focus, it allowed us to then say, how do we do this even better through Alpha? So it wasn't, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, what do you do after Alpha? And, and Alpha, they've just never decided to make a beta because they're... <laughs> Right. They're just kind of leaving it up what, to the rest of the world to do that. Make up your yeah, own beta. Yeah, exactly. And, and part of it is even, uh, you know, one of the things I, I love about working with Alpha was the, the very traditions and churches uh, and denominations that we work with. So every major church tradition and denomination around the world uses Alpha in some form. Yes. And these are uh, churches and denominations and traditions with distinct differences in, yes. in theology and practice. And yet, what we did was when we would write the scripts, we would submit them to all these different people. And we'd say, hey, does this, is this what you believe about Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, the forgiveness of sins, and the, the Holy Spirit? And from every major tradition in well, church, they come back and they say, yes, this is, this is what we believe. Well, I remember being in a hotel room with Father James. We were, we were traveling somewhere and we were meeting about something before the next day. And he's on a phone call when I walk mm-hmm. in to meet with him with Jason, I think, back when yeah. this was all happening. So to your point, exactly, absolutely checking in with people to make sure that this is going to land with these different traditions and denominations yeah. so that we could use it as a as a beginning tool, a yes. stepping stone into something great. Exactly. And, and we loved Father James's help. It was such a privilege to have his help. And so then we have this, we're looking at these scripts and we're, it's changing my perspective of, of you know, the, the body of Christ around the world. I'm like, oh, I'm like, <laughs> more people are included than I thought, right? When you're getting met, feedback from these traditions and and denom- denominations that you maybe didn't know much about, or you kind of grew up thinking, 
you know, you disagree yeah. with more than you actually do. So that was a real privilege. And then, but all that to say, this allowed, because it was like our focus is to help people run alpha churches. If they want, if they think it will help them in their mission to help people discover and develop a relationship with Jesus, they can use alpha. And so that gave us the opportunity then to say, we have a chance here to make it even better. Uh, and, or even just fresh. Cause it did come out, uh, four years after the first one. So it was like, and in teenage years, that's a long time, right? When you're going from 13 to 17, right? And we want teenagers to be able to watch it and feel unashamed and even proud to show their friends. Like it's not going to be yes. some cheesy thing that they're inviting their friends into a conversation around. It's something that they're like, oh yeah, that's, I don't have to be embarrassed about that. These guys are right. just talking about faith and they're doing it in a way that, uh, you know, doesn't scare people off. Yeah. And so that I was like, while we were doing it, Ron, I felt how unique the, the experience was to be able to redo something you've already done, you know? And, and we were really grateful for it, learned a lot again. And all of those, um, it was a steep learning curve the first time. We got to kind of smooth a lot of those kind of rough edges out when we made the second one. And so we were really thankful for the result. And it, again, trans, being translated around the world, uh, churches all over are using it. And youth are being impacted in relationship with their Christian friends and with their youth leaders, lives are being changed. They're discovering and deepening relationships with Jesus. The best. It is the best. <laughs> I get, as yeah. you say that, the joy just. Yeah, you get smiling more yeah. and more and more. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It makes me really excited. And so I love that. And as leaders, we're, we constantly have to address that pull on our heart, that call, and be willing to take the risk. I remember a friend of mine said, I was discerning something significant a number of years ago. And he said, just get off the curb. You're ready. Just get off the curb. Mm. And I was just more focused on my things I didn't know than the call I did know. And, and, but that him saying, get off the curb, as small of a sentence as that was, it made a big impact because I realized, yeah, I just have to put one foot in front of the other step off and trust. And, and so that was so cool. So What's going on at this season of your life? I mean, if 2013, 2017, the pandemic, mm -hmm. we're talking about the whole disruption, how that impacted Alpha. But, but what about you as a, as a Christian man? How, what's, what's new with you right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the, like for all of us, adjusting to and trying to understand when the pandemic first hit, what's going on in the world? What does that mean for me and my family and, you know, yeah. my extended family and friends um, is, it was such a challenging year. Hey, and we're still in it and we're still kind of processing and uh, more than ever, I'm generally a really joyful, upbeat, enthusiastic guy. You know me. Yeah, and, I'll, I'll second that. Yeah. And, and more than ever, you know, I found myself, yeah, struggling with times of real deep sadness, even depression, anxiety, um, and this roller coaster of like hope, you know, even with work and with everything. And, uh, with what's going on with, with health, with uh, society, the culture, the e economy, uh, loneliness, you know, <laughs> missing yeah. people. And, and in all of that, then I did face major shifts in our work with Alpha. And so I was heading up Alpha for Youth Globally, which meant a lot of Skype calls already. Yes. But some travel. And one of my, you know, probably 40 to 50% of my job was kind of coaching and even on the ground training in different countries around the world. So every year I would go, uh, I wasn't traveling all the time, uh, but 
quite a bit, right? I was going to different regions and, and we do conferences. and DR18 conference, you were there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so these are one of the, some of the things that I'm, I'm like, were a regular part of my rhythm, you know, um, again, it wasn't all the time, but probably on average seven days a month or something, or maybe seven to 10 days a month I was on the road, which, you know, can add up really fast. And, uh, and I loved being with people, right? I love being in the room, like, uh, speaking, doing training and coaching. And, uh, I love that. And then the other half of the job was a part of the job, you know, and every, most people have this, the part of the job, you're like, this is the part I don't love, but we have to do this. It's really important that this gets done to help support the work we're doing. Right. And so then pandemic comes, really exciting shift. Everyone's working overtime to try to say, okay, well, how do we figure this out at Alpha Online? And then personally, what happened was I said, oh, that 50%, 40 to 50% of the job that I really felt like I, was, I thrived in is gone now. And I still deeply care about this work but I don't feel like that's the place where I can thrive and, you know, really push the work forward. So it made me ask, like many people I've seen, you know, a lot of friends and uh, family members are having, you know, the disruption all of a sudden causes big questions to be asked. Should I continue in this work and this role? And in, uh, you know, with prayerful consideration with my wife and uh, talking to the Lord and, and then talking to Shayla, our, our national director for Alpha in Canada, we decided, yeah, you know what? It, it's the right season for me to step down as the alpha, uh, the global youth director and to, uh, to move on to other things. So the, the, uh, the conversation was funny. I said, I think I should resign. And Shayla says, yeah, I, I think you should. And we have these, these, this work for you. And I was sitting there realizing like, you don't ever want your boss to say, yeah, I think you should resign. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, I was like, Ooh, that stings a little. And then, but on the other hand, she was also saying, Hey, but we have this and this and this that we want you to do. And we should hire you on kind of a contract basis to do these different projects that you can really add to. And so it, was, it felt like I was being uh, like, like released and uh, also still held close to the family. So I'm still yes. deeply a part of the alpha family, so to speak. But since uh, that was uh, in September 2020, I resigned alpha and kind of going, uh, doing speaking, going project to project and uh, kind of finding new ways to help faith come alive and become more personal for people. Man, that is so cool. And I'm sure there are people listening going, what? Walk away from a global director of, of, of Alpha for Youth? That is a huge thing to step away from. Sometimes in life, uh, you know, the enemy of great is good. And sometimes mm. things can be going along and they're, they're really good. But yet things shift. And we know somewhere deep down that there's another gear. And that's mm -hmm. a scary thing to go and talk to your boss and say, sure. hey, Shayla, here's what I like. That's a vulnerable thing to do. That's a, a trusting thing to do with God, like in your, your own mm -hmm. discernment with your wife. I just love how there's those parts that came together to honestly, mutually discern. Yes. What's, what's next for Ben? That's cool. And I think some of the big uh, influences in that time was uh, one of the things I did during the pandemic was I took a writing course, a fa Facebook private writing course with, uh, with Bob Goff. I don't know if you've ever heard. Have you ever heard of Bob Goff? I have. Ron? I don't know him. I mean, I don't know the story, yeah. but I have heard the name. Yeah. He's author speaker. I got a couple of his books back here. Excellent. He's like my favorite. Like he's, he's uh, so joyful. And, and his, his latest book is called dream big. And it, his uh, first book was love does, which was uh 
It's very powerful. Love does. And then the second one was everybody always. And in talking about love, hey, who do you need to love? Everybody always. And, and he said, and he would sometimes say, start with the people that creep you out. And then the whole book is just filled with stories of how he's trying to love everybody always and starting with the people that creep him out. And then he gives you know, some caveats of like, well, obviously be safe and do, 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 you know, but he's like, but the caveats are small compared to the, he's saying go big. And then his third book, dream big. So I took this writing class and I'm not a writer, right? Sure. <laughs> but I'm like, Bob Goff's doing a writing class. I want to, I want to, he's going to do weekly videos. I'm like, sign me up. So uh, I signed up for this, this course. And, and, you know, this is a guy who basically is like constantly just going, well, we can do that. Like, he reminds me of, uh, you know, he reminds me of, I had one uh, mentor describe the Holy Spirit as like, con- like relentlessly optimistic. Like he, the Holy Spirit's <laughs> never discouraged, right? Now the, we understand the Holy Spirit in the scripture can be grieved, but he's never discouraged or afraid of the future, right? Right. That's a good and point. To get, and so to get that, you know, I found that a really helpful like uh, place to even meditate on. Like, wait, the Holy Spirit, Christ who dwells in our hearts through faith is never discouraged and he's never afraid. Huh. And, and I, and this guy, Bob Goff reminds me of, of the Lord in that, there's the Holy spirit in that way. Cause he's just like, we could do that. Let's, let's change the world. You, you could write a book. And I'm like, no, like, you know, like he's saying to everyone, like all these normal people who just signed up and like half of them are, are like struggling authors and half of them are like, Oh, this looks cool. <laughs> and but the impact of then being in pandemic for nine weeks, getting a, a course with this guy who every week is just looking down the camera and saying, you can do it, change the world, go for it. You know, you come out the other side going, yeah, I'm going to resign my job. I'm gonna find, we're going to find the right person to fill the role. I'm going to change the world in other ways. Huh. God knows which ways. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but it took time. You know, it wasn't, I'm not talking about a 24 hour thing, like I'm going to resign and, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, I say that to say there was, there was almost a building up process, right? Yes. Like pandemic and all the stress that comes with it was like a tearing down. Yes. And then, and then I definitely needed that building up encouragement. And, and what happened then on the other side is I had the courage uh, with a lot of consideration and wisdom and prayer to kind of plan, hey, I'm going to kind of go out on my own here and continue to serve churches and ministries and help make faith come alive for people. But in a way that, like you said, is, was quite scary, you know, like to tell my yeah. family, oh, hey, I'm resigning my good job in the middle of the pandemic. My family, some of my family members look at me like, you're crazy, bro. Like you understand that <laughs> you understand the economy right now, that, right. that ministries and churches, you know, are struggling, that, that businesses are struggling, like can't go out and get a job as a waiter. Like I used to, you know, that's not going to yeah. be as, you know, so, uh, but it was that tearing down and then a building up. Mm. that's beautiful i know for me too as you talk about that like i too can smile a lot and be pretty positive by nature mm. and, and i found too the, the pandemic a struggle I, i've well, what's wrong with my energy how come i'm tired like mm-hmm. and a lot of the things and it's funny father james and i had a conversation because i was always the one that I, I didn't want to travel too much and so i was i would always try to put barriers in the way of traveling because I'm, I'm a pretty much a homebody but I enjoyed the travel when I did it. I really did. And what I found I enjoyed the most was just seeing the faces. It put a face on the church. Yes. You know, when yes. I go to these different countries. And, and to be honest, when, when the pandemic hit and we were all grounded, it probably took about three months when I was going, and I didn't know how good I had it in terms of how much that 
was good for my mental health and yes. my spirit. And, and Father James was the opposite. He's going, wow, I really enjoy being home because he travels so much. And so I, I really had this new passion and zeal for the importance of being with the church and traveling and speaking and coaching, just like you said. Yeah. And he was saying, hey, you know what? And I know he'll travel again when the, the band is lifted, but he was really enjoying being home and able to stay laser focused on the things that he felt he needed to address. And um, but I think a lot of us, the little things that were good for our mental health that we didn't know were, they just were. And when yeah. those get taken away, it's like, oh, okay, all those little things, they actually add up and they matter. Yeah, absolutely. They add up and they matter. And so that's the, so when you look at, and I love that your call hasn't changed. How you live out your call has changed. That's what I'm hearing anyway. Correct me if yeah, I'm wrong. That's a great, yeah, I love that. That's a great way of putting it. And that's kind of how it felt. I felt like I had thought of my sense of calling. Yes. And often what we do is we attach that to the organization, job. the business, yes. the job that we have. And I had done that, right? And, and I'm you know, kind of just loyal. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, I'm going to stay here as long as I stay here, right? I'm not going to, yes. I have no plans to leave, you know? Yeah. And I'm not interested in entertaining ideas really of leaving, right? Yes. But then you kind of go, oh, yeah, there, there's ways to live out the same sense of calling in different jobs. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and you know what's really cool about that too? And the spirit of Shayla, I think, is very consistent with my experience of the spirit of Alpha. It's just this open honesty of wanting what's best for the people around you. And, and she would have been that for you, I'm guessing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Shayla, a leader who is, believes in people, is encouraging, is a strategic thinker, uh, is in, um, uh, what's the right word, even firm and decisive, yes. right? And, and then clear, right? It's like, so there's an encouraging kindness, a love. I, I genuinely believe Shayla's in my corner. And even if she says something hard to hear or she's correcting. Right. And so there's, for leaders to do that, one of the biggest things I think, it's less about the words, right? And it's more about, oh, I believe she genuinely sees me yes. as a person she cares about and that, uh, you know, that she cares about what, what God is doing in my life and in, in my career. Right. So even more so of, than what you do for the ministry. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I know that she, and she has to make, you know, make calls and stuff. But yeah. You, watching a leader who, who you, you, everyone around her starts to say, oh, I trust that she sees me. And, yes. and when, so she, when she's directing the, the work, it's because it's not just as cogs in a wheel. It's as we're people on a team. We're people in a, you know, a work family. Yeah. What, and what a great, what, just if I could box that, what you just set up and send it to every church and, and say, hey, what if you could make that your culture? Wouldn't that be exciting? Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, and it has a multiplying effect then. Those other managers in the company or in the organization then also know this is the value. When we look, when we lead our people, we lead them as people, not as just parts. Amen. Love that. And so if I'm I got to tell our listeners this. It was so fun because I, you guys invited me to come to Vancouver and, and do some filming. And, and so I did. And, and of course you and I got to, to uh, work together. I, I, I feel really bad that you had to draw stuff out of me. It was very funny to do. It's a long day. You were really good at it. Uh, but on the way over, 
we started goofing off in the car right there and talking about improv. And you were talking about the three important things of improv. Do you remember them? I don't know. Oh, if of course. Do. I I don't know if I, I, I remember the three things. Let me, like I, I had them fresh in my mind. Never say no. Wasn't that one From, of them? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's don't block. Right. So it's don't, don't say no. Right. And what you'll notice is all like most of the people, I, not all, cause there is a, a, a funny that says no. And actually it's, it's simpler and it's, it, but most of us try to do it, but it's harder to be funny when you're saying no. Gotcha. So some people they have that's their thing like they're really negative right and they're funny but gotcha. most people we know who do that thing not funny <laughs> yeah. yeah i can tell you're trying to be funny man but it's just you're shutting down the it just hurt here. my feelings and yeah, yeah. conversations over gotcha yes so it's but the the biggest rule is don't block and it's yes you just say yes to everything and it's yes and and we, yeah. yeah we had that great chat about how it's not just a great rules for improv but actually just conversation and life in general, in some ways, it's like, it makes life more fun. So I love to approach life from a That's yes. A great big yes. And yes. And perspective. And then you raise the stakes, right? You like, you go bigger. Right. So, and, and you never want to be the, 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 the guy or girl who, who ends the joke, who was the one just block. You want to, you want to win on top. So, so it's good to put a time frame around it perhaps, but. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, someone just, then people just kind of, you just chuckle, you smile at each other. Like, yeah, we did it again. We <laughs> elevated the stakes so high that it's impossible. So we, we took some funny topics and on the way there just got silly. I think I recorded some of it. And uh, anyway, it was a laugh, but I, you know, one of the things I love about this podcast is the opportunity to just have really candid conversations and, and, uh, but then you never want to put somebody on the spot with a question that, that doesn't feel comfortable. But I'm going to take that risk anyway. How does that sound? And yeah, uh, yes, and yes, let's and. go. Yeah, I see what you did there. You set, <laughs> yes, me, I'm setting you up. set me up. I like it. Yeah, like okay. It. And so, you know, your call. You really do have a, an amazing way to connect with people, making serious things fun, getting points across in a way that everybody can engage and enjoy and laugh, but also uh, talk about the serious things. And you have a love for the church and that. And, and your relationship with Christ, and that's just so contagious around you. And so if you were to continue to walk in that call and, 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 and work doing the things you're passionate about, what, what could it look like in three years from now? If you were to think, man, if I was to continue and everything was going well, what could it look like for you? Hmm. That's, I, that's a question I've been thinking about a lot you know, in the last five months as I'm starting to say, okay, because I'm shaping now work yes. and wrestling with uh, following passion and, and paying the bills. Right. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> so, so I found myself writing um, some, some scripts for uh, a short series that kind of explains uh, the, some books of the Bible that would be used for a video series that would be for small groups like so church small groups of friends and churches they can watch a watch a video series and have discussion did you start that before or after you did your course with bob after that's so cool so that's some yeah. of the fruit of you taking that course and being oh inspired. totally yeah i was that's you know, awesome. i i was i and i'm gonna write a book like i'm writing a book man i'm like i'm like i, I i'm that's not ready to best. commit to a promise of when but in the course i'm like i'm he, you know, he's basically like, you just got to decide, are you a writer or not? And I'm like, yeah, I'm a writer. 
Ben Woodman, ladies and gentlemen, the writer. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So you, I, I don't put that in my bio, so to speak, yet. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yet. I don't describe myself as a writer, like usually publicly, because I haven't, no one can read anything I've written, really. <laughs> they can hear it. So, but yeah, so I, I wrote these kind of small group talks with an organization, with a ministry. Yeah. And, and found that to be something that I can do. But yep. also, uh, I found that to be something I can do, but also was like, okay, that doing it on my own, I don't love. Right. So I brought in some friends into it. Yes. Right. So I said, oh, let's get, so I had some friends who are like really great at writing and thought, asking thoughtful questions. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's part of kind of figuring out how you work. I'm like, I work well with the team. So I love doing the writing with the team. So that was really helpful. Uh, and yeah, when I think about what three years from now, there's kind of this, I wonder if it won't, I, my, okay. It's a tough question. It's a tough question. And, it, and I think at the beginning of this kind of new adventure for me, it's, it's more tough. You know, if you asked me yeah. a year ago, I, my thought was I would still be at Alpha still, you know, we didn't think, we didn't know it was coming. So I didn't, I thought I'd still be traveling a significant portion of the year, encouraging uh, church leaders, equipping youth Not leaders. Not wearing a mask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In most, yeah, really. Not six feet apart. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. With you. And so I, I think, but now I'm, I'm shaping an imagination for what does it look like to continue to be someone who creates content, writing videos, a little teaching series that can help a lot of people who experience this kind of the faith, their own faith as kind of dull and impersonal and bring it to a space that's actually alive and, and personal and dynamic. And that's my passion. And so I think the, what I'll lean into also is building a, a work life that then says, I found a way to be sustainable or even profitable that can make content to help faith come alive for people. And it makes a huge difference and it really touches a nerve for people. And, and, my, and the reason I talk about the team is because I think, oh yeah, and I'll be probably doing it with a bunch of friends or a team, you know, yes. this is what we do. We make content to help people. Their faith doesn't have to be dull and impersonal. It can come alive. It can be really personal. Yeah. And you still get to use your skills of, well, your new skills of writing, but also yep. presenting and your video skills. Cause those are, you know, I remember the first time I ever did a video or even a podcast, I thought, oh, that looks easy. And it wasn't. And it was like, holy cow, there's a lot of people that are good at it, make it look easy. So you've developed yeah. all these skills. You'll be able to continue to use them. I'm guessing you'll continue to travel and speak. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. As, as, uh, restrictions open up, I, yeah. I really do miss some of the, the family that, you know, you start to build a community and you've done a fair bit of traveling too. So you, now you're like, Oh, I miss, you know, so-and-so sometimes it's just like, I'm missing that taco, but it's, <laughs> you know, from another part of the world. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But a lot of the time it's, you think of a person or a, you know, that time you spent together, the conversation you had praying with each other, whatever it was, yeah. and you go, Oh, I'd love to go back and be with them. And so I, I do hope that uh, and plan to do that when, I, when it's allowed. I love that. I love that. And you've done a lot of training too, Ben. Like you've, you've done some traveling, not only to speak and inspire, but you've also done some great stuff around training and coaching youth. Is that something that's going to be a part of your future? Or Yeah. And uh, right now, one of the big things is, so I, as I started dreaming about resigning, I, I started <laughs> and thinking about, could I, is this crazy? One of the things I thought, well, what would I want my life to be like? Like this question yeah. in three years. And one of the things I thought was, I want to be 
it would be a dream to coach youth workers. So I worked at a church as a youth worker for uh, 10 years, two different yeah. churches and five years at one and five years at another. And, um, and I was like, oh, maybe in another uh, five or 10 years, I'd love to start coaching youth workers. I just turned 40. So I'm like, okay, you know, when I'm 45 or 50, then I should start coaching these young youth workers. And I kind of expressed it just to like two friends. And, and one of them happened to be closely connected to an organization called Youth Worker Community. And then they started talking about they're doing coaching youth workers. And within three or four months, not five to 10 years, they said, hey, Ben, do you want to come on, on board and, and help us create a coaching cohort for youth workers? And I, Ron, going into it, the reason I needed five years was because I felt like I needed, I, I'm a professional, but I don't feel like an expert. Does that make sense? Like oh, I'm not- does it ever, yeah. Like, yeah, I've done the work. I have lots of experience, but I, I don't feel like an expert. Yeah. And then, so, but I kind of I started doing coaching for youth workers. And within a few conversations, you realize how valuable just experience is. Yes. You know? Yes. And you're absolutely. like, oh yeah, I, I made a lot of big mistakes and I made a lot of, and I had some wins along the way. And I'm talking to a youth worker who's in their first few months or first few years of youth ministry. And I'm like, oh, I actually have a lot to offer in this conversation. So it was one of those moments where you wake up to like that feeling of inadequacy. Like, I don't think I could do this to like, oh, I actually have, um, the, the, the picture from the scripture I think of is like the little boy with the fish and loaves. <laughs> Just thinking the same thing. <clears throat> I'm like, I have some, I have some fish and some loaves. Can't feed 5,000, but <laughs> yeah. But, I, but again, but it's the sense of like, Oh, but if I put it in the hands of Jesus, I'm like, he can do something really beautiful. Or it's like, I have some seeds. I don't have full grown, I don't have full grown trees, but I can put these seeds in people's lives. And, and I know that God will um, make things grow. So uh, that's been a new part of what I'm doing. So uh, yeah creating content, but then there's this coaching and training arm that I think I love, would love to continue. I found it really life-giving. Um, and I'm sure you do too. Do you do coaching, right? <laughs> I love coaching. Absolutely. The, I think it's like, Ron, you, you probably have a, the, one of the spiritual gifts of encouragement. Would you identify with that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I probably do. Yeah. I, I feel like I do too. Like when I think about, uh, you know, uh, is it first in the letter, first Peter, uh, four, it says like, there's each of you are need to be stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And it talks about different gifts Yes, and being a steward or a manager of God's grace in its various forms. And I, one of the things that we have is this gift of encouragement. Yes. And what I realized two years or three years ago is that encouragement, I always used to think of it as just the words, mm -hmm. but I realized encouragement is closely connected to how we see. Cause you don't really find the words without seeing something in someone. Is that, that's, is that so, encouraging? that's so good because you're helping people create the vision, right? So they, have, yeah. they have to have vision. They have to be able to see. Yeah. And you're seeing things in them and in their future and in their life that you, they're not even seeing for themselves or that that's just a gift that maybe not everyone's seeing. So as a youth worker, having the gift of encouragement and, uh, and this sense of the, that part of seeing, I can see a diamond in the rough. You know, you can say, oh, no, I see you. I see who you could become. I see what God will do in your life. Uh, you know, all the rough edges. And as God's love begins to change and shape a person, you're like, I see what, who you are. I see who you are in God's eyes. Oh, that's so good. That it's is, cool, hey? It really is cool. Because I know for myself, I, I get so much joy out of other people's success. Like if I can help, that's the two, my two favorite things that, 
the two things that fuel me for what I do is when people experience the love of God for the first time in a way that transforms mm. their life. Like, and that's why I love Alpha so much. It just, that mm -hmm. never gets old. And the other thing that keeps me doing what I do, because my focus is in the Roman Catholic tradition, is when a priest regains the joy and their passion for their vocation. Mm. Oh man, I'm telling you, I get so excited because it is the priestly vocation is such a noble and amazing vocation. And yet it's taken its lumps and, and, and there's a lot of um, things that we might be able Absolutely. to do better and to be able to help people get on the other side of discouragement, to get on the other side of not being fruitful, to get on the other side of, of creating teams and momentum in a church. Oh, I jump up and down. Yeah. It's so exciting. Yeah. And it's, it's such a privilege to yeah see people kind of find their passion to God, do some, that work in their hearts to say, Oh, Oh yeah. I, I guess, yeah, I guess my work is really important. And I guess that, and sometimes it's, Oh, that thing that I did for so long and I stopped doing because I was like, I don't know if this is having any impact. Yeah. Oh, my doorbell is just ringing. I That's got a so delivery, cool. a delivery That's, of some sort. Coming. Do you want me to pause it? I don't. Is your wife going to get that? I love that we're still taping. Do you want me to I'm pause? Gonna, I no, don't pause. It's gonna be funny. Okay. I'm just gonna, we're just gonna go. There's Are you gonna seconds. go? Okay, do I'm it. gonna go. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> there he is. So, did you like order something new off of Amazon or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like just the popcorn kernels arrived. <laughs> Movie night tonight. Yeah, the popcorn <laughs> maker arrived a few days ago. Air popper. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Where were we? Let me think about that. Uh, we were, you were oh, talking yeah, about yeah. just people uh, regaining, uh, you know, in the priestly vocation, regaining the passion for their own work and realizing how significant yeah. it is. And, um, oh, I think I was saying there's something about, oh, there was that thing you did for oh, so yes. long. <clears throat> you know, there's that thing you did for so long and you, you felt like it wasn't making an impact. And so you maybe stopped doing it. But then there's a reminder of, an, or an awakening to be like, oh, wait, that was really important. That actually made a big difference. Yes. I need to return to that. Mm, that's, yeah, that's gold. And, and you know, for those, of, for those people that know you, they probably know Jay. And people that know Jay probably know you in terms of the impact you've had on them. How's that, how's that relationship? Were you guys still doing anything together? Do you see yourselves doing anything together? Talk to me about that as we begin to wrap up. Yeah, well, Jason is a part of starting a new church with two other pastors in Vancouver called the Way Church Vancouver. And so I'm actually a part of the church. I joined the church as the, uh, just as a volunteer and a leader. I help in the kids ministry, help in the youth ministry a little bit. That's awesome. And, and they started in the pandemic. So we started doing Sunday programs in the pandemic in September because that was always the plan. Let's start in September. And then they're like, okay, we're just going to do it anyhow. That's awesome. Our friend, uh, Rob McDowell, who I worked with at Divine Renovation at St. Benedict, did the same thing, launched a new church, and then wow. the pandemic came. So it's not yes. easy. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're, we're doing church stuff together, and that's kind of main, Jason's main focus. But then also we've been, uh, we've been kind of working on a few different projects, actually. We're working on a project, uh, a few different uh, video series, just three or four part, uh, low production, but hopefully high quality uh, video series that youth groups and churches can use to spark conversation. So one of the first ones we're working on is the idea of peace in the pandemic. Nice. Yeah. And so we're going to go through um, 
you know, we're like, here's how you have peace in the pandemic. And we're going to go through people, prayer, and purpose. And so the, you know, people reaching out to people, connecting with others, it's just so, been so important, even though it's annoying through Zoom and FaceTime and true freezing cold walks or rainy walks or whatever it is. It's still so important to connect with others and then connecting with God through prayer and just the difference that can make and even a, a discipline of gratitude yes. to the Father and how that you know, is scientifically proven you know, to, to improve yeah. your perspective and your you know, sense of well-being. And then the, the forcefulness purpose, just saying, hey, and you can't just look in, inside. You have to look outward and serve others. And as you, find, as you start serving others, you'll also find a greater sense of peace. Um, and so we're excited about that. Going to re- be releasing that in the, I think, April 1st is our goal. And so as of April 1st, Peace in the Pandemic is, is released. And um, yeah, we're really hoping it's a blessing to the churches and youth groups. Wow, that's so cool. It's so fun to talk with you, to catch up, to see how God's working in you and through you. I think the things that we talked about today, your story, Ben, I think there are going to be a lot of listeners who hear what's what you've gone through and will be able to relate and, and maybe even draw courage from, from what you've done and how you've done it and how you continue to live out your call and not be limited by your position or a job, but to live out your call in such a powerful way. If people wanted to continue to follow you to see what's going on, how how would they do that? How could they keep in touch? Yeah. The best way uh, personally, if you want to kind of see my day to day is on Instagram, I'm at Ben Woodman. And then uh, for these new projects that we're working on, you can go to benandj.com and sign up for it. We'll have a kind of a newsletter that we'll send out. Just let people know what we're up to. Ben and J J A Y.com. And so, yeah, we'd love to keep keep you up, up to date. That is wonderful, Ben. Thank you again for coming on. Thanks for all you do for the global church. You are an absolute treat. Uh, You bring the fun and the passion to our faith and bring churches alive in ways that are contagious. So keep doing what you do. God bless you and all the work you're doing. Thank you so much, Ron. In some ways, Ben's story of transition mirrors my own. I'm so grateful for the time, experience, and relationships I've been blessed to enjoy while with Father James Mallon and the team at Divine Renovation. After a long period of discernment, I felt called to step down, and in October of 2020, the transition took place. DR is a work family that I will continue to cherish as I pray for them daily. My work locally is with Father Toshiku and Father Anthony at Christ the King Parish in Cole Harbor in Dartmouth. I also have personal responsibilities that have shifted and have me caring for a close friend, which I feel blessed to do. I continue to coach, speak, and create to help parishes and dioceses bring about the transformation they long for and an explosion of generosity. If you're planning an event and would like to inquire about booking me as a facilitator or a speaker, head over to ronhuntley.com where you can connect with us. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please take the time to rate five stars and share with a friend because it's how we grow. Thank you for listening. I want to encourage you as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.